0: It's Inappropriate Characters. (coughs) Excuse me.
1: Hello and welcome to Inappropriate Characters. This is the RPG funded. I'm here with Venger and for a while longer, at least we hope, Grim Jim. (laughs) I guess that we should get right into the the big reveal. Um, One of the three of us is ill and by his cough, I think you may have guessed which one it is. Now, my theory is this. A few days ago, some of you who maybe are you know American viewers might not be um, aware of this because news for some reason tends to travel less in the u s uh, but the Prime Minister of Britain Boris Johnson, the guy who saved Britain from the EU was uh, <laughs> infected uh, he confirmed that he's got the coronavirus and Grim Jim made fun of him on Twitter because for some reason Grim Jim doesn't seem to like you know britain saw so- british sovereignty or something like that and so i'm i'm saying you know a couple of days later suddenly grim jim's got like what is clearly like the super aids version of the virus um super i'm pretty surely. sure that the illuminati got him for his, his unfair mockery of, of of dear boris
2: i don't know
0: it's rather, <laughs> rather unfair to kick a man while he's down
2: <laughs> that's I, right I thought we weren't supposed to name the unnameable virus oh god
1: damn it you're right I just screwed up my own rule there well we'll see we'll see if they cut us off the last time I did a live stream in my channel I I was talking about the virus and uh, as soon as I said the actual name of the thing they they the whole live stream shut down and then after that, we were referring it to something like you know Koro Chan or something <laughs> some code word right the Kung Flu but uh, I guess we'll have to see. Maybe maybe they've loosened the restrictions of that because probably everyone's talking about it now. Anyways, Grim's going to take
2: YouTube's, uh, <laughs> you know, bending the knee to China probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. Anyway, I'm, um, most, I'm mostly going to be quiet and um, keep yeah. an eye on the on the chat for everybody.
1: So that's right. So Grim is going to be talking a little less this. Uh, this episode than he usually does, considering that he's usually the one that talks least to the three of us anyways, that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be uh, a bit imbalancing, but we'll see what we do. We're, today time we're mostly Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about, um, well, the, the pandemic, as it were, and how it's affecting gamers and whatnot. Um, and then we'll also be answering your questions, and we'll also probably be promoting our stuff, of course. <laughs> so... To start with, I was uh, I I wanted to know. Um, we now know I, I've already asked my co-hosts how they're doing. Apparently, one of them is well; the other one is not. But um, how are people's gaming going? Um, I don't know if uh, if Venger are, are you? you are, do you have a regular gaming group? And and if you do, have they been disrupted because of the quarantine and what have you?
2: I have a semi regular group. Uh, when I when I call upon them um, and shout out into the void, uh, you know, Avengers, Avengers assemble! Um, then they come out of the woodwork, and um, we're usually play testing like one thing or another. But uh, when well, we don't get together like every week or even <coughs> every other week, um, usually the most I can manage these days is a once a month. Um, full like four-hour session um, either at my place or a game store and then we you know we do that and so it's basically a one-shot it's not really any kind of campaign
1: so you haven't uh, you haven't experienced any disruption yet i guess because of this well, my entire
2: life is like
1: well no i, I mean, mean in game obviously <laughs> i know i know that depending on where you are in the u.s in some cases uh there, yeah. things have been extremely disrupted
2: yeah, mm-hmm. I've gone to the grocery store, like, a couple times in the last 13, 14 days. Um, and that's it. So, and normally I would be uh, playing online, like Roll20 or something like that. But these days, um, you know, I've got to watch all five kids with my wife. And it's just, it just takes too much time and it's too exhausting. Um, and I'm trying to finish up some writing uh, for Charles' Fuchsia Malaise. And so I really had no time. Um, There's no time for gaming, unfortunately, which if you have less responsibility, it seems like this could be a gaming palooza for you because you could be gaming like three games a day, every day if you wanted to. But for those of us, you know, that have kids that would normally be in school, um, you know, we're in charge of the daycare in our house and you can't go anywhere and you can't really like, send your kids off to anybody to play or have other kids over or anything. So, yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, the gaming on my front is pretty non-existent.
1: All right. So, as for me, as you know, I live in South America and Uruguay, one of the last countries to have a confirmed um, case. And uh, <laughs> it only yesterday have we had the first confirmed death, a person that was over 70 and uh, not in great health to begin with. And so um, it's been a bit milder here than in in many parts of the U.S. or Europe. Um, And luckily, the brand new conservative government that we have here that replaced 15 years of socialist rule have been quite clever in how they're handling things. So we don't have like this kind of absolute lockdown that you've seen in other places. We have very strong social pressuring for people not to needlessly go out. Obviously, all large mass events are canceled. You know, um, concerts, sports, soccer got canceled, which was a huge blow down here, I guess. And, uh, you know, any kind of large groupings. Yikes. Sorry, that's Big Chungus just came onto my lap here. She's the largest, fattest cat I ever met, and she needs hugs. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're um, the long story short of it is that it's completely possible for live in-person gaming to still happen. But it's um, it's something that still I've found there's been disruption because obviously the the level of concern that the you know the government has mandated and that people are expressing depends a lot on whether you are in a high risk position or have family members that are in a high risk position that you live with. And so obviously there you want to isolate yourself more. And um, in a couple of I run four groups two two groups a week alternating weeks right um so i i have a lot more gaming going on than i guess either of my other hosts because uh grim just said here in the comments that he runs uh, a game about every month and a half and you run a game maybe once a month <laughs> i run two games a week right uh but uh two of the four games now have definitively been um suspended because there are either members people gaming that have health issues or people gaming whose family members that they live with have health issues that they don't want to risk exposure to the virus. And, um, well, my, my other groups are kind of tentative depending on what's going on. But uh, the long story short is uh, that the last, this last weekend, um, I haven't, like this weekend, I guess, I haven't actually managed to get any gaming. Normally, I'd have gamed on Friday and Saturday, but both of those had to be canceled. The one on Friday was canceled because of me, because I had a conference that I had to do, but the other one got canceled because people can't come to that one. And I'm, I'm resisting doing online gaming, but there is a very good chance that if by, if, if it, this doesn't disappear, like, you know, if the virus doesn't vanish as if by a miracle, like president Trump told us it would by uh, (laughs) by next weekend, by December, Then we're going to have December by um, April, I meant to say Uh, by next weekend Then my DCC group is possibly going to be gaming live uh, on on Zoom or something. And if they are, there's a very slight chance we might just record it and upload it so people can actually see what an actual live session of that crazy campaign is. Uh, But, yeah, that's that's my situation um grim i saw you were commenting on the chat uh i've seen other people commenting on the chat here saying um you know martin says all my groups are scrambling to figure out online rpg and i certainly understand that but a lot of uh for a lot of us online rpg has just seems so inferior to playing live that it's it, it, it in my case anyways it really rankles me um, Dave Dedman says, our weekly group has gone mutually into exile. I'm trying to convince people that playing online is not utterly subpar. Well, good luck, because it is utterly subpar, Dave. Um, and that's all the comments we got. Uh, Dave Dedman says, you can do it, pundit. Google Hangouts can be fine. Just no cosplay, please. No, <laughs> trust me, there would there definitely be no cosplay.
2: Um, Never mind um, short text-only games. I'm probably in the minority here but if I'm I'm running something just for an hour or so on Roll20 then I prefer just doing it text only and not having to hear people or manage people talking over other people Um, Hmm. yeah I mean you have to give it a little bit to get back into the zone of like imagining what people are saying um, by reading it instead of listening to it but I think it works great. And for a game master, uh, for me personally, I type fast and I write better than I talk, obviously. Um, It works great because all I need is like an extra five to ten seconds to collect or manage my thoughts and come up with, you know, either something better or a better way of saying whatever it is I'm trying to say at the time.
1: I get you. So Grim here has posted on the chat uh, his a link to a Facebook group he's got for organizing online gaming sessions with himself. So anyone who's watching, check out the chat box, uh, look it up, and and you'll find a group if you want to ever play a game with, with Grim Jim. Um, and uh, he also said that he usually plays Theater of the Mind games, so no need for Roll20, et cetera. Check out the sessions over on Grim's stream. There we are. Um, I guess the next topic, if we're going to jump right over to the next one, is related. It's um, trying to figure out. I mean, obviously, the economic consequences of this are really, really bad. Um, I think there's a very real risk that if if um, we don't um, stop some of the excessive um, quarantining. That you'll actually end up with a bigger economic disaster that will probably end up killing more people than the coronavirus. I mean, by be it by you know if it's on a global scale, be it by by starvation or malnutrition, by civil unrest and violent revolutions and conflicts, or by by suicide. You know, people. You know, already the suicide rate in some parts of the United States are like. Uh, up 100% because of all the people lost their jobs. And I'm guessing in a lot of other countries, it's the same. I can't imagine what it's like in Italy right now. So um, I I think that we need to get things running again. But one thing that's happened because of this economic collapse is that a lot of um, pocket industries are having serious trouble. We know, for example, and I'm sure all of us are shedding a tear the mainstream media is suffering terribly. They've lost. Yeah. Apparently, they've had to fire hundreds of people that work for, you know, mainstream media websites and uh, <laughs> and for uh, uh, newspapers and stuff like that. But uh, also That's the comics. Inter- yeah, I know. And the comics industry that has been producing such fine works lately, like you know, Snowflake and Safe Space. Um, the New Warriors and Captain Marvel, the, you know, what was it, Carl Manvers, you know, and uh, all of that um, are, are basically done. They've basically fallen to pieces because the supply network has crashed. Every single comic shop is going out of business. Um, DC Comics is trying to talk about some kind of method of, of salvaging itself from the rubble. But um, you know that was a, that was an industry that was already really really suffering, where you know um, their sales had just collapsed massively over the last few years, and that was in the biggest economic boom in American history. And now, how you know they're not going to survive. But the question is, what about RPGs? I, I don't know what the effect is going to be in that case, because um, is gaming going to be more re- resilient than say? the harm that's coming to hollywood and to to uh comics and to to, to other kind of hobby things i don't know about video games but video games might be fine because people are all at home playing video games right <laughs> what about rpgs are are we going to see um a um a small serious or no downturn at all in <coughs> in sales of rpg products what do you think bender
2: um i think Certain areas, uh, there's going to be a downturn. Um, I think the bigger companies they're expecting a lot of sales through like gaming stores and conventions and just a lot of hype and um, uh, collective play or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, that's going to be hurting, but I think the small. Games that have a devoted following that people are passionate about, like the grassroots gaming, independent stuff, I think that's going to do okay. Um, some Kickstarter's are definitely going to hurt, just because there's a lot less money in the economy, and the economy is going to be screwed. You know, I don't know what, to what degree, but it's it's definitely going to it is suffering, and it's going to suffer more. So yeah, that's going to affect it too. But I don't think role playing will you know will die or go out of fashion um it survived many years of nobody giving a shit and uh, <laughs> i think it's, it's going to continue to uh to do good things because after all there's chult and uh if chult can't save D and role-playing games in general uh, or the osr then it wasn't worth saving in the beginning
1: All right. So, look, I'm in a unique position compared to the two of you guys in that I'm a writer. I'm not a publisher. I don't produce any of my own products. And so I only find out how well my, my books are doing about a month later, right, when I get my royalty checks. And uh, I can say, for example, that February was my best sales month ever in in terms of RPG books. I mean, in, in every respect, both... Uh, you know, the, the, the stuff with uh, dumb Publishing, the old presses stuff, the stuff with Spectre <coughs> Press, all of it um, really, really well in February. Now, I still don't know how it's going to be in March. And uh, you, Venger and Grim Jim and maybe somebody in the chat, um, you guys are, are people that, that sell your own books. And have you noticed any downturn so far in terms of your sales?
0: Uh, I'll I'll risk some of my my voice on this. But I'll hover over the uh, okay. the mute button in case I start coughing again. Um, I've had a good month, but it's not a great indicator because I had a reasonably big release this month, mm-hmm. <coughs> which was which was Satana Station for my my entry in our space station rivalry competition. Oh, uh, for MASH I got space princess. Yeah, I'll I'll comp you a copy. Um,
2: Thank you. So
0: that's that's doing well. Um, and we've got a big sale going on stock art. If anyone's got their own projects they want to go go for, um, to help out the artist I work with most of the time, Brad Brad McDevitt. Um, that's gone quite well. So I've had my best month in a in a while actually. But I don't think I'm a good indicator necessarily looking at what other people are saying, I think it's the mid-tier companies that are going to suffer the most because Kickstarters are going to be delayed because of Chinese manufacturing. There's not as much money mm-hmm. sloshing around. They won't be able to yeah. go to conventions to build hype and so on. So, <clears throat> so All right. yeah, I think I think it's the mid-tier ones that are going to hurt and it's, smaller more agile cheaper sort of pdf oriented um smaller companies and producers that're going to do well i also think there's going to be a flood of crap because a lot of people are bored at home and and writing stuff uh, <laughs> but there is a lot of of love and support for freelancers and small publishers and so on out there and i think that's also part of the reason uh, I'm doing a bit doing a bit better this month. is because people are going out of their way to support <laughs> people like us, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: So you hear that, everybody? It's sure doing any writing at home? <coughs> just stop. Put your pen down. What you're writing is <laughs> is bad. Um, and Grim doesn't want to see it. Yeah. So on <laughs> your bike. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, Benjamin? I I haven't noticed much. Uh, my sales are kind of about where they normally are, in the somewhat good to totally piss-poor range, somewhere in there. Uh, so we're holding strong with fairly mediocre. Uh, no, my sales are pretty good, um, generally speaking. And, um, yeah, they, they haven't changed that much. Um, but I do anticipate... slowdown or a downturn and just speaking more generally if because of the pandemic if this um changes the gaming landscape so more people gravitate towards online gaming than face-to-face um that could change things um Complicated systems and things like, I mean, I don't know if Pathfinder 2nd Edition is still as complicated as 1st Edition, but things like that where it's a lot of numbers and and number crunching and optimization and stuff like that. I mean, that could stay with us forever, but there's a chance that that could go away in favor of more rules-like games. Um, The old-school approach could dominate even more than it already has. And um, you know, simpler uh, for noobs that just want to log on uh, in their pajamas and uh, or or at the office like I do, and play for an hour or two, and then just log off and you know go on with their lives. Um, so if that changes gaming, then gaming right. itself might change. That's my my speculation. So, Venger. Uh-
1: you're you're the only one in our group here who uh, I think who has a a regular day job. Without going into any details, uh, are you? Is that are secure? Are you in a on. stable situation there?
2: Me. Sorry. Uh, without going into details, what about my day job?
1: Sorry, uh, I, I'm I'm not hearing you very well. Um, I was saying you're you're the guy that has a day job. A lot of people are having problems with their day jobs that 3.2 million unemployed in the U S are you in a stable situation as far as that is concerned?
2: Oh, uh, financially. Yes. Uh, I am very fortunate to have, um, a cushy management position. And, um, oh, so I could just stay home and have our employees take care of, the main stuff um, so yeah I don't have to go in to the office or do anything um, I just stayed home, take care of the family and uh, hope that things recover soon um, you know if this gets catastrophically worse then yeah that's going to put me in yeah, a well, bad position just like right? everybody else but yeah, um, yeah, of course. so far so good that it hasn't deeply impacted me financially, but, uh, you know, you never know. So knock on wood.
1: Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Um, look, my, my perspective on this is that, I mean, given that there are a lot of people, you know, worldwide who have lost their jobs this already because of this economic situation, um, and that there are probably more that are going to, and then there are going to be other people that might not be that they might be like totally secure in their jobs, but that are still going to feel more nervous about expenditure than they usually would just because of the general economic instability. Um, I think it's pretty inevitable that they will that you'll be seeing something of a downturn in, in gaming industry, like every other industry. Uh, right. But there's, there's an interesting phenomenon. Like for example, with, with comics, What, what seems to be happening by all accounts, I've been, you know, I've been researching it this last week and, and what I've, what I've seen is basically Marvel and DC are, are doomed because of the, you know, the complete collapse of their delivery service and, and, um, you know, they, um, and they were already doing really badly and their parent companies were probably already looking for an excuse to shut them down. Right. Um, but. The small independent producers of comics that are mostly relying on Kickstarter, in other words, the people that call themselves Comicsgate, seem to be doing really, really well, actually, you know, and they've been they've been, you know, their Kickstarters are being funded and they're succeeding. And you've even seen a couple of people who were kind of mainstream comic artists that have that have suddenly started to say nice things about Comicsgate, you know, the ones that were always kind of quiet until then, because I guess they were afraid of the SJW crowd. Um, that are now suddenly trying to get on the bandwagon of that because they see what's coming. They see that they're never going to get work for Marvel or DC again anyways, because those, those are probably finished as, as companies that produce comics, that produce new comics anyways. And, uh, and so they're, they're, they see that that might end up being the entire future of viable comics is, is really small press companies, sort of like a comics version of the OSR. And um, in terms of gaming, well, D&D is really lucky in that it's not in the same position as Marvel or DC, whereas Marvel and DC Comics were both doing really terribly for the last five years. Um, D&D has been doing really, really well. So I think that um, the economic downturn definitely won't be an excuse for Hasbro to shut them down because Hasbro is probably pretty happy with them right now. Um, But um, whatever... Whatever difficulties they have, I think I agree with. Um, well, both you and Grim said it that the, the the OSR, anyways, is is really the you know it's the survivor of of the um, of the gaming world. Uh, other companies that have tried to be more ambitious, besides Wizards of the Coast, which will, like I said, will probably be okay. But a lot of those companies in between say, between Wizards of the Coast and your guys publishing. <laughs> um, all of the ones in between that range are probably going to have some serious trouble. And um, quite a few of them are probably going to go broke. And I'm betting that the ones that are going to go most broke quickest are the, the most woke ones. Because that's another phenomenon that I've noticed about this this pandemic. Though, you know, one of the few bright sides is that people have realized that all that other stuff that, that people were getting hysterical about until now was just absolute nonsense. And nobody's got time to care about, you know, your diversity quota or something like that. Anything yeah. to add? Go ahead.
0: Grim, do you want to add anything? Uh, just the stuff I was saying <laughs> in the chat, really. <clears throat> um, it's kind of ironic that comics are getting screwed over because they really took off during the Great Depression. So you would think, you know, during an economic downturn, people would go to those. But I guess they're just not cheap or aspirational anymore. Um, just exactly. Like, exactly. Just like Star Trek isn't isn't anymore. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a gap. <laughs> there's a gap there so, to be uh, exploited. Um.
1: Let me save your throat here and I'll, I'll mention some stuff from the chat, Grim. Um, Kanak Saram says uh, old school gamers will keep on keeping on. The critical role wokeaboos might fade away and nary a tear will be shed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave, Dave Dedman says my policy is limit my schadenfreude lest something I value gets scuttled too. And just because enjoying other folks' misfortune is cuntish. Well,. <laughs> A little bit of schadenfreude is, is appropriate in certain circumstances. <laughs> um can X asked, would anyone lament Hasbro divesting itself of d and uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Saram. It, it's uh, really, really unlikely.
2: Um, yeah, especially if they get into movies and things that can change the landscape from a million dollar Property to, you know, maybe a billion dollars. I mean, if you look at Marvel and the superhero thing, uh, if Hasbro, you know, plays their cards right and gets on the, uh, a series of movie, train, um, they could take D and D to like a whole nother level. Um, which I, mean, I don't know it's kind of a no brainer, and so I don't think they they're, they're going to ditch that IP you know, no matter what.
1: Venture, how many movies based on video games have done really, really well at the box office? Not a lot, right? <laughs> like, right, not a lot. That
2: were,
1: that we're real... Are you comparing d d to a video game? Well, I am in the sense that neither of them are literature, right? The difference with comics is that they've got, like, 50 years of actual stories to base themselves on. Right. Whereas DD, D the movie, what is that? It's just a random party of randos doing rando shit, right? That's why that's why the D movies have never been big successes, because D is, is a world and it's a type of game, but it's not really a story. And so it's very hard to translate right. that into something that will be meaningful in any sense, other than, you know, taking some kind of, you know, B grade fantasy novel and slapping the word DD on it
2: and pretending that that's the D movie. There's, there's still like a thousand modules that don't suck that they can pull from. And, you know, if they did like The Temple of Elemental Evil, the movie, I mean, who wouldn't want to see that unless they heard from a friend that, oh my God, it's just so bad, it's terrible. Like, unless you hear feedback like that, who that's been who that's been playing D&D for the last 30 years or more wouldn't be like, yes, I, I want to see... The Temple of Elemental Evil, the movie by next weekend. Absolutely.
1: Well Yeah, maybe if you made it a kind of Tomb Raider Indiana Jones sort of thing of, you know, make up some some stupid cast of player characters and then show the crazy stuff in the dungeon. But it would really it would still just there'd be very little about it that would really be D and D except for kind of, you know, some of the the, the surface shellacking of
2: it, you know. Well, you get Tom Hanks to reprise his role as uh, Bardo, or, or whatever, Bardo, whatever it was, from <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah. that uh, unfortunate the D&D movie. Yeah. And, um, then you you get see, that's the, other, uh,
1: that's the only really famous D&D movie there ever was, Mazes and Monsters, or whatever it was called. You know, That, yeah.
2: that pile of crap from the late 90s, or, or no, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows about it because it sucks so hard. Uh, as a cautionary tale, they they know to stay away. I suppose it was really bad, but um, but a lot of people saw it. I mean, it probably didn't bomb that bad. Um, it just forced them so never it. to make a I got good sequel. Um, Vision
1: Storm in our chat says just woke up from an afternoon nap. Freaking YouTube isn't showing the stream in my subscription page. A reminder to everyone watching: um, if you haven't subscribed, obviously please subscribe. But if you are subscribed, be sure to hit the notification bell so that you improve your chances that YouTube will actually let you know when we're doing a live stream. Maybe that's what happened here, and, and a lot of people didn't get that that notification. So, uh, so yeah, make sure that, that you hit, hit that notification bell. Uh, Grim Jim says, RPGs are a huge value for money, you know, which will help in the economic downturn, and the mini boom we'll have once this passes. Uh, hate to say it, but Wizards' shift to supporting streaming is looking like a good move. Well, yeah, it's possible. I don't know.
2: I guess we'll, we'll, we'll so see. It, right. There
1: could be some weird effects from all of this that we're not.
2: You know, I hadn't considered the... Pardon um, me? I hadn't considered the downturn of, um, like, Critical Role. Like, those guys have disbanded for now because of the whole virus thing. Uh, They don't want to get together in a studio and play together, social distancing and all that. So, I mean, if that and a bunch of the other big um, actual play... Shows, podcasts, whatever, uh, stop production. That could be good for real role playing.
1: Maybe it's a good question. I think a lot of the the fans of those sorts of shows, if the shows are on hiatus, just won't do anything. Um, but maybe some of them will be in, will will take it as an opportunity to play actual role playing games. <laughs> it could happen.
2: Yeah. It, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, we should probably get to show. Dave showing. Dedman says, our, our 25, minutes, oh, okay. 25 minutes left to talk about our stuff.
1: All right. All right. Well, give me a second to, to catch up on the comments and then I'll let you start shilling. Okay. Dave Dude. Dedman says, not a publisher or author, uh, though I feel for those struggling, Well, while I'm still ambulatory, there will always be a group of odd desperates to fill sh- seats for my game. So it's academic to me mostly. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Grim Jim suggests that maybe Dragonlance, done properly, or Drizzet would be good subjects for a D and D
2: movie. Ouch. <laughs> um, what, yeah, Drizzet would would be phenomenal. Yeah, actually, that's a no brainer. That's probably even a bigger catch than the Temple of Elemental Evil, like the um, with the Icewind Dale trilogy, and then the Dark Elf yeah. stuff. I mean, that's. Yeah, put that in the, anyway, in the theater tomorrow. No. That's going to do gangbusters, unless they really fuck it
1: up. Okay, but but is that really D and D the movie, or is that Forgotten Realms
2: novel the movie? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you play it right, if you don't, if, if you got to walk that fine line of of keeping it kind of like serious and dark, yet not too pretentious and self self involved and lame. Um, Something like Game of Thrones, but with a bit more humor or lighthearted fun or, you know, love for adventure, like that kind of thing. Hasbro, uh-huh. um, call me, because I got ideas. <laughs> Good luck
1: with that, <laughs> Venture. All right, I think we're caught up here. So, uh, all right, Venture. What are you uh, currently trying to? What are you working on? What are what are you selling right now?
2: Um, well, I'm still selling Chalt, obviously. Um, I've had a number of direct sales recently, um, so that's pretty good. I was selling to local gaming stores just before um, the virus outbreak, so that kind of put a damper on that since. Those stores aren't open currently, and I can't leave my house to hand them books. But, yeah, I'm doing a lot of direct sales, so that's good. Um, I'm still working on the second book, the follow-up, Chult's Fuchsia Malaise. So that's coming along really well. Um, That's going to get the big hardcover treatments, just like Chult's. I'm actually trying to work on, you know what I did with uh, with Crimson Dragon Slayer D20? where it's just a very rules light D and D OSR type thing. Well, I'm trying to do that with alpha blue now and um, it's coming along pretty good, but it's, it's changed a little bit. It's not quite as comedic <coughs> or, you know, uh, silly. Is it, it is or, it going like, to actually be OSR? Is it going to be actually based
1: it's, on the D&D rule set?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to be rolling a D 20 and everything. <laughs>
1: uh okay i'll believe it when i see it and what about this fuchsia malaise is it going to be another um mega dungeon like like chult was like primarily or is
2: it going to be something else it's going to be smaller dungeons um there's going to be the elysium um basically the sci-fi off-world or base uh where there are colonizing and they're you know um they're trying to take over Chalt themselves so there's that that's a big area and then there's a lot of other smaller dungeons there's like underground stuff and a tomb and some city stuff and yeah a lot of smaller dungeons um so but right in the same wheelhouse maybe not as crazy as the mega dungeon Uh, skilled back just a little bit so it's not as gonzo funhouse but still chult still eldritch gonzo science fantasy post-apocalypse um yeah it's all the hits
1: all right that's good stuff um anything else or is that the extent of your current shilling
2: (laughs) i think that's that's it i should have that new alpha blue up Soon, maybe the end of next week. Um, and then I invite people to check that out. It'll be just a free PDF. It'll probably be like five pages. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to playtest that to try to get feedback and try to find out myself what's working and what's not. So if it goes into an appendix of the new Chult book, for instance, um, it'll, be, you know, it'll be ready by June.
0: All right.
1: And uh, Grim, you've just released Satana Station, I understand. Is that right? Or is it just about to be released?
0: It has been released. <clears throat> you can get it print or PDF, but I'm waiting on the print proof. So you might want to hold off on that till I've made sure that it's it's all fine and dandy. and, okay, and good
1: just, for, for any of our audience who are curious about this, uh, you all know, I suppose, that, that Venger made a a game called Alpha Blue, which is about a, a sleazy space station, basically. And um, I, at one point in my RPG Pundit Presents um, series, decided to do uh, what would be my version of that space station with you know actual OSR stats and <laughs> a little bit less smuttiness and a little bit more kind of griminess. And uh, I, I called it Fuck Station Aleph. And, uh, you know, I think our last show, um, Grim Jim had mentioned something about deciding to try to do the same thing. And, and it made it was a I think I mentioned that it would be a great source book for Machinations of the Space Princess. So uh, there you are. Satana Station. That's the the third version of this um, space station. And now you guys can pick up all three and judge for yourself which one you think is the best. Um, or
2: just use them all in combination. That would be cool, too. Yeah,
1: it's... Oh, yeah, of course, because there's all kinds of stuff that'll probably be compatible, definitely between Grim Gym and Mines, because they're both OSR. As for, yeah. <laughs> as for Avenger, I'm sure that hey. you can like, pluck some ideas out at some, some random tables or something. You can't pluck the mechanics, but D-6 there's still a lot cool of stuff.
2: It's still OSR, you bastards.
1: <laughs> D6, that's not hey. OSR,
2: goddamn.
0: It's, <laughs> yes, um, it is. it's about 150. Oh,
2: like Star Wars, man, and Ghostbusters. <laughs> I more OS 100 Ghostbusters, except for D&D, of course.
0: It's about 150 pages. Yeah. Um, It's got 100 sort of locations within it, a bunch of NPCs, spaceships, um, fleshes out some of the sort of implicit background of machinations. So there's plenty of stuff there. Yeah. A card game I did with Rachel Haywire, Election Party, I've got a bunch of copies of that, and I should still be able to go to my post office because there's one village shop and we're allowed to go and buy food (laughs) occasionally. So I should still be able to um, post stuff out if people want it. Uh, Otherwise, I'm mostly going to be trying to do small, quick stuff. Uh In the coming weeks and months, so that I can put out more stuff for people to use is um it is the idea, so sort of cheap accessible think things to things to play with but if you 've got any requests uh that aren 't huge supplements, Satana got away from me a bit um then let me know and i'll uh, I'll try and provide stuff that you 'll find useful
1: right. Um, Martin Tepley asked a very important question in the chat. He said, how do we get the pundit station? Well, Martin, you've got to go to drive through RPG and, um, it's uh specter press is my current publisher and they've, they've obtained the rights to all the RPG pundit issues. Um, but basically do a search for RPG pundit presents and, um, trying to remember, uh, which one, which number was, um, fuck station if it was i think 50 something um but anyways it's one of the rpg pundit presents issues and you can find it on drive-thru rpg it's um i don't know it's uh actually later than 50 something Um, (laughs) (laughs) you'd think it would be but no no apparently not (laughs) i guess i i didn't think of that um so anyways, all of my RPG Pundit Presents, there's 99 issues of them out right now, and they're all relatively short books. Buck uh, Station Aleph is bigger than most. Um, it's um, they're, they're all stuff that you can use in any kind of OSR game. About half of them are focused on medieval authentic um, OSR gaming, and the other half, like Buck Station Aleph, are... Uh, all kind of gonzo weird fantasy with you know some science fantasy uh, OSR stuff, which is all stuff that was inspired by my um, DCC last Sun campaign. so it's all kind of coherent internally and will event, uh, there'll eventually be some some compilations of that coming out. Um in fact World of the Last Sun will be the next compilation that comes out, but that might not be for a while. Oh, here we go. It's number eighty-nine. RPG Pundit presents number eighty-nine. Uh Fox Station Aleph. So that's where you can where you can pick it up. Um as far as stuff that I'm doing now, well, um, I've been told that within no more than a week or two at the most, we should likely have um RPG Pundit presents number 100 out, and that's going to be a very special issue. It's going to be uh, bigger than usual. It's going to be, I think, about 50-some pages. And it's uh, called Star Adventure, and it's a complete space opera uh, OSR game that is based on the, me- the OSR mechanics I used in my Lion and Dragon Medieval Authentic game. So if you played Lion and Dragon and you like how you know character creation happens there and how... You know how how that that OSR variant is, then you're probably going to really like um, Star Adventure if you're into space opera because it's very much a space opera um, sci-fi RPG, not hard sci-fi, but the kind of space opera sci-fi of the '70s. The 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 like I said in my latest video in my own channel, the main influence of it was probably the first Star Wars movie. Like if you looked at that kind of in isolate in isolation. And um, it's got a lot of neat stuff in it, um, but it's mostly a rule set. There's no, like, setting to it. So you can use it to run, for example, adventures on Alpha Blue or on Satana Station if you you want to to use uh, a different um, kind of grittier, I guess, mechanic. I don't know. I don't know how gritty Machinations is or not. But uh, um, in any case, in my latest... Uh, video i explain a bit more about what's in it so check that out on my channel i also give a shout out there to machinations the, the the space princess as uh one of the the good uh space opera osr games that are already out but i think mine's just a little different and it'll have uh, some good stuff i've seen the cover by the way the cover reveal is coming really soon and uh i quite like what uh specter press did with that cover so uh, you guys will hear more about that shortly that's that's the thing I'm working on right now. It's coming out very soon. And then the other thing I'm 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 working on, um, besides the ongoing you know future issues of Pundit Presents, is putting together the compilation for the World of the Last Sun. But that might not come out for you know six months or more. We don't know yet. But usually those big compilation books take their time. So there we are. Um, yeah, that's everything I'm promoting at the moment. Um, Joe Ku says I'm going to buy the hard copy of Alpha Blue um, Venger says get it from Amazon there we go um, okay anything else to talk about before we, we finish up any other subject or questions from our audience Oh, Jared Weeby says, is there a compilation of printed presents issues in print? Yes, there is one. It's called The Old School Companion. And uh, The Old School Companion is a 268-page compilation book of the first half of my medieval authentic source books. So it has all kinds of stuff in there um, that you can use to add medieval authenticity to any OSR game. Obviously, if you already own Lion and Dragon, um, then it's, it's like the best Lion and Dragon source book you could possibly buy. Uh, it has new character classes. It's got uh, expanded critical tables. It has tons and tons of expanded magic stuff, including a whole bunch of, you know, grimoires and new magical techniques and all sorts of stuff, all of which is based on real medieval um, sources, real medieval magic books and things like that. It has guidelines for how to run um, court intrigue, caravans, you know, like merchant stuff, um, different medieval authentic activities. It has um, setting material on the clerical order and, and how to play a cleric. It has um, encounters, supernatural encounters. It has uh, a whole section on the fairy realm and, and medieval elves and elfland in a very, very medieval authentic context based on medieval, you know, myth and and legend and stories uh, and a lot more. So be sure to check out the old school companion. It's uh, it's doing really well. Uh, It's part of why I've had such a good month this last month. Um, It's uh, doing really well and you can buy it on PDF or print from drive through RPG from Spectre Press. Um. Dave Deadman says he'll buy World of the Last Sun if books still exist in the ste- steaming ruin of what was our society six months from now. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Anything else to say, Venger?
2: Mm, you can still support us on Patreon for, um, for inappropriate characters, uh, these monthly videos that we do. Um, those who are already supporting us, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. And, you know, check out our blogs and, and definitely comment. (coughs) I mean, I love getting feedback and reviews and reading actual play reports. Uh, I just read read one earlier today, um, from a guy that's been running Chalt for a couple months now on, uh, the mixed GM, uh, Mm -hmm. blog. And, um, I love reading that stuff. And so I hope you guys continue to, you know, give us your feedback and review things and write about your experiences with our products. Um, obviously, we make them with love because money is not our, pri- our primary uh, reason for doing this. If it was, we would do something else.
1: That's right. <laughs> um, but it's it's good to be able to make a living from it. Anyway. Yes. Um, the, um, the only thing I would add to that is also share this video and uh, like this video because that's another great way to help us out. It, let's say if you're having hard times right now because of the, uh, because of the virus, um, if you can't support us on Patreon, then just share our, 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 our videos so that people will you know subscribe and we'll get more uh, activity here, which is also a, a great way to show your support. And I guess we're going to be back um, in somewhere between two weeks to a month from now, assuming that Grim Jim is, is, uh, is with us and, uh, and that uh, Venger is OK, too. Um, I'm like Donald Trump. Uh, the virus isn't going to hurt me. But <laughs> you just know that whatever politician or public figure might end up getting the thing, Trump isn't going to you know, <laughs> just because he's under the protection of Keck.
2: it's the orange skin that gives him his uh that's
1: right he's got a lot of
2: virus proof
1: carotene carotene is is the weapon against the the virus (laughs) all right actually next time we're on we're probably going to have um some kind of a guest star so keep an eye out for that we were trying to have one today to replace grim jim in the talking role anyway but uh it was too short notice he, he only came down with this sudden super, super COVID uh, after he badmouthed Boris. So we didn't have time to, to organize that. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Grim Jim? Uh, or do you want to spare your voice?
0: Well, if we're leaving, <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sorry for having caught the super atomic gonorrhea, and uh, hopefully I'll be better next time. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I'm sure you will. And I mean,. Uh, I think, honestly, this whole thing, it shows what a what a hothouse flower our society has become, because um, it only a society so pampered as ours could could be having this kind of attitude towards um, towards something like this, it's because we're, we're disconnected from the notion of, you know, the reality of death.
0: Yeah. Um, I thing you were saying.
1: Unlike any other society that ever came along before, right? Like, we're, we're um, it used to be a really, really normal thing to die from disease quite often, just like it was extremely normal for there to be famine or for there to be, you know, um, starvation or for crops to fail. And uh, all of those things don't <laughs> exist for us only because of the modern world. And so we're, we're, we're ill equipped to deal with it.
0: I think you were saying earlier how it's made um, how petty and stupid a lot of people's concerns are really apparent. I think it's also demonstrated a lot of bullshit that we just assume about this, this is our society and the way we treat each other, and all of that. It's interesting times.
1: Yeah, it sure is, and I think that a lot of that kind of social bullshit. Like I said, I'm I'm quite certain that this is going to. I thought the SJW type movement was already on its way out, but I think that it's going to hasten the demise of the whole, um, you know, false activism and uh, and uh, identity politics movement because people won't have any patience for that sort of bullshit after this.
0: Mm. Not when there's real economic and concerns yeah. like that. Anyway, let me go to bed.
1: <laughs> all right. all right. So that's everything for tonight, guys. I hope you enjoyed the, the somewhat shorter than usual episode, but uh, we'll be back and hopefully next time we'll be talking about something other than the pandemic. We'll, we'll have better topics to to bring up, but it's kind of been, you know, it sucked all the air out of the room, right? Like there's, I haven't seen a lot of news about RPGs, um, on the whole, you know, uh uh in the last few weeks because just everybody's talking about this. Um I think that can't last. So I I, I suspect that next time we'll be back to bitching about something someone said. <laughs> 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 okay. All
0: right. Well, take care everyone. You too. Okay. Look after yourself. See you
1: later guys. Thank you for watching. Currently smoking near a Egg plus Image Virginia.
2: And the show is ending before my bedtime. That's crazy. It's never happened before. I know. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Good
0: night, everybody.
2: I'm the bad guy.